welcome to this special episode of Not Another Science Podcast. I'm Helena. And I'm Tom. Today, March 14th, is Pi Day, and so we thought we'd bring you a special mathsy bonus episode. You might remember that on the last episode of Season 1, we talked to Miguel Anjos and Large Serva from the University of Edinburgh School of Mathematics about their work on optimization of energy systems. If I do say so myself, it was a fantastic episode, so if you haven't listened to it, then queue it up after this one. Miguel coached a team of students for the 2020 Advanced Interactive Multidimensional Modeling Systems Modeling and Optimization Theory and Applications Competition. Ooh, that was a mouthful. Anyway, <laughs> and they agreed to chat to us about the problem that they were set and their experience of the competition. Um, it was a really cool and interesting conversation, and we loved hearing about how they tackled the challenge. Before we start, this podcast is sponsored by Griner Bio One, supplying laboratory, diagnostic, and medical products to research institutions, higher education, the NHS, and others across the UK. For full details of the product range, visit www.gbo.com. And now, on with the show. So I guess we can start with some introductions. So um, whoever wants to go first, you can tell us uh, who you are and what you do. I'm Ivona. I'm a PhD student, just started my third year now. I'm working in a, on a specific project in operational research and optimization. I'm Paula. I'm also a PhD student in optimization. I'm finishing my first year and I'm working on a scheduling problem that arises in, in aviation. Hello, I'm Albert. I'm also a PhD student in optimization and operational research. And more specifically, I'm working in a problem in the energy system. So we heard about you because you won the Ames MOPTA competition. Could you tell us a bit about it? This is a competition that runs every year. It's always some kind of optimization problem. Uh, this year, or the year we participated, it was a vehicle routing problem, uh, which is uh, similar to what Ivana does, I think. Um, for us, it was something new. Uh, <laughs> I think we, I think Ivana and I signed up even before we knew what the problem would be about. We, we knew we wanted to participate, and then we got Albert involved because there was a, uh, we could get three people involved in the team, and we wanted a, a third person because it was going to be so much work. And, and did you guys, did you all know each other beforehand or how did the team come together? Me and Paola did our MSc together, so we know each other from then. Um, and then Paola went into industry for a year, so I started my PhD before that and then she joined a year later. Um, and pretty much as soon as she joined, um, she, as soon as she started her PhD really, we learned about this project and we basically started working on it right away. Um, and yeah, so the supervisor that was our supervisor for this project uh, is actually Albert's PhD supervisor, which is how uh, we came across Albert because he suggested him. Uh, so yeah, it worked out great. On my side, uh, one day Paula tells me, do you want to join us? And then it was a problem that I knew nothing about, really nothing. And then I thought, well, it, it, it's a good chance. And I, then I thought, okay, I'll join you. Ivona knew a lot about the problem. I knew some things about the problem, and it was new to Albert. <laughs> it was a good mix. <laughs> I watched your video, which, by the way, was really cool. I understand most of it, and then you lost me in the details. But could you tell us, like, for the podcast, a little bit what the problem is about, and also how you went about solving it? I like to describe the problem as the Amazon problem. So you can imagine you're Amazon, and you want to establish yourself in a new country. And you know uh, you have some uh, some peoples to serve, so you have to serve them. 
And then you first have to decide where you want to put your depots. You'll need some depots, right? So you you have to decide where you want to put the depots, then decide how many vehicles and people working you want in each depot, and then eventually each day decide how you route the vehicles. For the way we approached the project, I think what we did was uh, a bit different from all, all other teams did. I think that's something that made us stand out a bit and is the fact that we try to treat it as a real world consulting problem rather than a research problem. So even though we didn't know anything about this hypothetical company, we tried to treat it as a real company with real problems. So we tried to think strategically and we took the, this big problem that Albert has described and tried to break it down into different levels. We thought, well, the deciding where the depot should be placed is kind of a strategic problem. It's something you only decide once. You don't want to build a depot every year. So uh, we'll do that separately and then we will decide uh, the vehicles in a similar way. And then we have a separate problem for deciding the, the routings every day. So we kind of broke it down into manageable problems that made sense for the company and also made our lives easier because then it would be easier to solve. Um, so if, if you were to describe how you solved it to, to people who have no idea about maths and optimization, basically me and, me and Helena, <laughs> um, in simple terms, would you be able to describe that, do you think, um, Ivona, if you want to jump on that one? It was a very good situation that we had uh, me, who is actually working on the topic as part of my PhD. Uh, so this was obviously a slightly different application, but it's the same topic. Then Paula, who's worked in industry and then also knows what clients want and what needs to be done from the industry perspective of it. And then Albert, who also looked at the problem sort of like from outside of the problem and said, OK, this is actually what we should do. Uh, so it was, I think, a, three combina a good combination of the three of us that we managed to put like our own specific inputs rather than all of us just going at it from a research perspective. So um, the way we started was obviously we started from a slightly theoretical aspect just so we can understand the problem better. Started with formulating the problem and looking at, as I said, from a theoretical aspect, looking at what is actually challenging to solve and then finding alternative ways to solve those challenging things in the problem. And then we went on, as Paula said, uh, into breaking up the problem slightly and then trying to solve it part in part. So as Albert said before, we had this problem of basically just a map of a lot of customers. And then in that map, we had to locate our depots. So that was our first problem was where are we going to locate the depots? So that was a completely different problem that we, we tried to solve, not taking into account uh, the delivery or anything like that. So basically just where do we place these depots? So then we started a different problem after we had the depots placed as how many vehicles do we actually put into each one of these depots? And then the last problem was, uh, okay, so now that we have the vehicles and we have the depots, who do we serve first? What do our routes look like, basically? And what we had on our disposal were data sets that we had from previous years, what uh, people's demands were in previous years. And then we uh, had to do some statistical analysis to see what the people's demands are going to be this year based on what they were in the past two years. So that's like in a nutshell what we have to do. But that took three months. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like it sounds fairly simple when you present it like, oh, we just had to figure out where to put these things. But there are so many so many like different informations taken into account. And I think I read that they actually didn't include a bunch of data in order to make it more realistic. Is that correct? The fact that they gave us a lot of data was, yeah, made it look like a real problem. We were given all the data from 
2018, uh, the demand of the customers, and then also 2019, but we were not supposed to use 2019 at all. This was sort of our test data set. It was, it was just there uh, for us to test how good our models were. The, but I don't think that was the most challenging part of the problem. I think the challenging part of the problem was to find algorithms that could give us a solution for such a big problem. We started with a thousand customers, and as Ivana knows very well, these uh, vehicle routing problems uh, can usually cope with 20, 30 customers. So it, that was uh, one of the biggest challenges to find a trade off between time it takes to find a solution and the quality of the solution. So we had to, we had to balance two different approaches. So in, in optimization, we normally use either an exact approach that usually takes a long time, but gives us the best possible solution and a heuristic approach, which gives us a good, a good enough solution fairly quickly. So depending on, on the problem, on the day that we were trying to solve, how many customers there were, we would use one or the other. So we sort of developed two algorithms in parallel and then decide which one we use. Obviously, uh, because of the lockdown situation, I guess that must have made it difficult to coordinate and collaborate on the project. Uh, on the I'll start with the positive side, maybe. So on the positive side, I, I found it a very fun activity to do during lockdown. So it was far more interesting than doing anything else. So, so that was good. Uh, and of course, it, I don't think it's the same as you know being to being able to meet in person and and discuss uh, face to face and so on. We could do that, I think, for two weeks. Did we have two meetings in in person or something like that? Yeah. Uh, but they were the, the two crucial weeks at the beginning where we did all the brainstorming. So that was good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then I think well, we got used to Teams and uh, and Zoom and and the yeah and the collaborative tools we have in hand. So yeah, I remember that the the sec on the second week that we started working on this, we got together, we spent good few hours just brainstorming and writing down the theoretical aspect of the problem, and then after that we went to the pub and we said, okay, so you know we're gonna have a couple of pints and then see you guys on Monday. We're gonna continue working, and then on Sunday lockdown started and we hadn't seen we didn't see each other again for three months <laughs> more like six months actually yeah yeah actually because yeah so it was very unexpected basically we just said okay see you monday and then just never happened <laughs> yeah yeah organization skills were were key in this project to make, make sure we had good communication we gave each other visibility of what we were doing at all times and things like that and then we just wanted to ask you, like, what, what's next for you? What are your plans personally with this project? Did that help you with what you want to do? So uh, actually, uh, at the presentation of this project, we had uh, an editor of a journal present, and then we uh, wrote a paper on this uh, topic. And actually, just today, we got an email this morning that the paper's been approved. So oh, that was amazing. Exciting. <laughs> Congrats. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> It's the first. It's the first paper on this. It's a. It's also very exciting for me because it's a very similar topic to my research. But it's a. Uh, the first paper published for me. Is that um? Is that the first paper that you guys have had published, or is this like kind of an exciting new, a new thing to happen to you guys? It's my second paper. I wrote my first paper uh, with other colleagues from the university. Yeah, and it's my second paper as well. But the first one in, in this topic, I knew nothing about. So. Yeah, that's quite a. I was going to say, that's amazing. Like, I knew nothing about this, but I wrote a paper about it. Like, that is... Well... <laughs> in three months. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do that alone, right? So I had course, uh, yeah. very good collaborators. I, I really enjoyed your team name, but I was confused about what the NP meant. 
Oh, that's a very difficult thing to define in simple terms. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, it's a very well-known term in the optimization and operational research community because it's something that gives us a lot of problems, <laughs> basically. It has to do with the complexity of the problem. So NP card basically means that it's impossible to solve to us. So... <laughs> <laughs> Does it mean that when the when the problem grows in size, the complexity and the time to solve it grows even faster? It's related to what Paula said before about uh, we have two two methods to apply, so an exact solution method and an heuristic. So when for small instances you can solve it exactly because it's small enough, but then as it grows you have to do something else because actually it's NP hard. That brings whole new meaning. I love it. Yeah, we were very proud of our team name actually. <laughs> <laughs> well especially because i think you were the only ones who went for a kind of actually like punny name i think like one of them was go blue or something which i'm assuming is their university colors or something and i was like that's not punny enough for me <laughs> <laughs> i think that's kind of all the questions that we wanted to ask you but is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about the competition that you'd like to add I would suggest to all PhD students or master's students that uh, consider participating in a competition like this, uh, I personally, uh, I can't recommend it enough. I think it's a great experience to learn something new because in our PhDs, we normally spend four years working on a very specific problem. So it's, it's easy to become an expert in something very narrow. So this is a great opportunity to learn something different and to do some teamwork. PhD is normally a lot of individual work. So yes, if someone's considering doing something like this, go for it. And don't be scared of not knowing the topic. Uh, as long as you have the right colleagues, you can you can manage. Thank you guys so much. Like, and also massive congratulations. I should have said this at the beginning, but oh my gosh, massive congratulations for winning this competition. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we spent so much time on it. We were glad we won. Otherwise, it would have been difficult to justify. <laughs> <laughs> Massive thanks to Paola, Ivona and Albert for speaking to us about the competition and massive congratulations again. If you want more details about the problem they were set and their solution, you can check out the recording of their presentation and you can also read the paper they published in the Networks Journal. We'll put links to those in the show notes and the three members of the team, NP, Diehard, are all on LinkedIn and we'll put those in the show notes as well so you can find out more about them. This podcast is brought to you by the Edinburgh University Science Magazine. In each episode, we explore fascinating themes and ideas, talk to awesome researchers about their work, and find out about the science being done by our very own staff and students here at the university. If you have any feedback for us, or if you'd like to get in touch with a question or suggestion, you can reach us on our Facebook page, Edinburgh University Science Media, or at our Twitter, at EUSCI. You can also drop us an email at usci.podcast at gmail.com, and you can find the show notes and the latest issue of the magazine at usci.org.uk. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, then please get in touch and keep an eye on our social media for more information. This episode was hosted by me, Helena Konu, and my partner in crime, Tom Edwick. The podcast manager is Alex Bailey. The podcast logo was designed by USI chief editor, Apple Chu. And the awesome podcast episode art was designed by Heather Jones, our social media and marketing genius. The intro and outro themes are edited for music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening. And until next time, keep it science.